you've found the Rock Hesperia and are on your way to building a solid life. We make disciples here. If you, your children, or anyone comes to Jesus, hears his sayings, and does them, your life will become solid. So let's get to it. God is good. It's like, you know, sometimes I, I, you know, I get excited when we win a football game or I'm watching a game and I, I kind of go crazy. But I started thinking about now, it's like, I need to go crazy about some of the things God has done for me. <laughs> I need to shout and praise sometimes. I mean, I go to USC games, I jump up, they score, everybody giving high fives. <laughs> but we need to be doing that in the church when God is doing things for us as well. Because I know what? In my life, God has scored some touchdowns and some points for me because I didn't do it myself. <laughs> so I just want to thank God for everything he does. And I said does because he didn't already, he's already done it, but he's still doing it. He's still doing it. He's still doing it. It's, it, it's funny. You ever heard, there's this, I don't know, did you be, do, this commercial used to come on TV. It called, it was to say, it said, the gift that keeps on giving. Who was that commercial? Anybody know that who used to say that commercial? The gift that keeps on giving? I just remember those words, but I don't remember what the commercial was. But they used to say the gift that keeps on giving. And you know what? That's God. That's Jesus Christ. He was a gift. And he keeps on giving. Even Matthew, I'm sorry, John chapter 15 tells us all you got to do is ask. Stay attached to the vine and ask the Father and he will give. So we thank you right now for that. But I want to bring up um, our dear sister Linda. I just, wanted, I, I, I just felt this morning that we needed to have a, a, a just prayer for the, for the body, for the people of the church. And uh, Pastor Jeff and, and Pastor Jennifer are not here today. And um, we just wanted to thank them for everything they're doing for us and cover them in prayer as well. So uh, Linda want to come and, and give us a, just lead us in a, a quick prayer, just a covering as a church as a whole and for our people and our families, because we all go through stuff. But sometimes we don't bring it to the church. There you go. We serve a God that heals us, doesn't he? Amen. And, you know, there are times that we all face those physical infirmities in our lives. And it's, it's hard sometimes. And I know I've been facing it in my own life right now. And, but God has taught me just to trust him and tr depend on his word because his word doesn't lie. He doesn't lie. And uh, so today we're going to lift up pastor and their family and any other families here that are struggling with any physical infirmities or you know, any issues, and let's just go before the Lord, because he said he is the God that heals us. So, for Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that we can come before you today. We can lift our pastors up and their family. We can lift up our other families here in the church that need a physical touch from you. You are so faithful. Not only did you save our souls and redeem us emotionally but you also came and redeemed us by the stripes on Jesus's back us physically and father we just speak healing to their bodies right now in the name of Jesus 
And we thank you for what you're going to do and for the testimonies that they're going to bring. Because, Father, we want to do everything we can to bring glory to you. And we know that you are the God that heals us. And so we thank you today, Father, and we praise you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you, Linda. Thank you, Linda, for the prayers. Continue prayer. If you, you need prayer, this, we need to, God says, I, Jesus said, whip these people out of this church because he said, my house should be a house of prayer. And if the church is in you, we should be praying. Because the church is in each and every one of us. And we should be praying for the Lord. But I got a question for you guys this morning. And Lord, you know my questions. I could ask you guys a question like, what do you want? <laughs> what do I want to ask a question? I mean, I mean, I just said earlier that 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 the Christ has, was a gift. And Christ said to ask the Father, He says, if Christ was a gift, He's a gift that keeps on giving. Oh, it was Kodak said that? Oh, it must be in the picture thing. That's a good one. There. See? <laughs> Because memories are forever and it gets, keeps on giving. <laughs> but, but it's like, it, just to keep on giving. So, so all of us in here, I want, I want to take you back to when you were kids. I mean, you know, just Christmas. What if we had Christmas every day? Every day. I, I'm, I'm going to come out there and I, I just want to know that if, if, if it was Christmas every day for you, what would you ask for? Who wants to go? What, what would you ask for? What would you ask for? An Oculus. An Oculus. Oh, yeah, I know what that is. <laughs> it's got to do with gaming thing. <laughs> Virtual gaming, yeah. <laughs> Virtual reality. That's what it is. Anybody else want to go? I saw you hang. Cut. Toilet go up. <laughs> what would that be, Marshall? As a kid, it would have been gifts, but now as a man... A healthy family. A healthy family. Amen. Amen. That's a good thing. Who else want to say one give? Anybody want to say? I just, I just want to say more of Jesus. Say it again. More of Jesus. More of Jesus. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. The one over there? You got one to give? Okay. We got Joe. It's, it's been weighing uh, in my heart uh, more faith. More faith? More faith. Yeah. More faith. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Colin, you want to get some? What do we got here? Knowledge of cars. Knowledge of cars? What, do you want to race car or something? Yeah. Oh, you, know, <laughs> you want to build a car? Yeah. Oh, got you. Hey, that's a pretty good one, knowledge. You know, knowledge is whoo-wee. Hey, you know, that's um, one of the things that, well, I'll say David prayed for. Wisdom, you know, you pay for David wisdom, pay for knowledge. Wow, because you could do a whole lot with knowledge. We kind of went over that in youth, <laughs> talking about what the things that you would want with superpowers. It was kind of, <laughs> and some of the superpowers the kids were talking about was <laughs> way out of the world. <laughs> but it was a pretty good time. But uh, the things that you would want, you know, because God willingly, he, he can give us those things. But let's go into scripture right now. John 1, 
verse 38. The NIV version. It says, let me say, actually start off with John 1, 35. I think I gave you the wrong thing, but we're going to get into 38. Um, John 1, 30, verse 35. It says, the next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. 36, when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. Verse 37 says, when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. And verse 38, where we really want to get to. Jesus saw them and followed and asked, what do you want? Jesus asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? In verse 39, Jesus says, come. He replied, and you will see. You see, Jesus asked, Jesus asking us, what do we want? God asks us, what do we want? So while we're going through this service, I want you to think about two things. We already talked about, what, but what do you want? What is your purpose? What do you want? But Mark 10, 51 to 52, it says, And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. And he gave God the praise. You see, we're just going over things about what do you want? All these verses are talking about Jesus, people calling Jesus, and Jesus says, what do you want? You see, we're saying these things because we are now in a series of what? Anybody remember our series? The promises. The promised land, right? Possessing the promised land. Possessing your promised land. <laughs> that just tells me right there that everybody has a different promised land. <laughs> Everybody has a different one. But see, you're getting those promised lands, and then it's time to think about, what do I want with this land? But first you got to say, where is your promised land? Where's your promised land? Luke 22, verses 39 through 46. And he came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives. And the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed. This is Jesus kneeling down and pray, saying, Father, 
if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground. And when he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said to them, why are you sleeping? Rise and pray. And you may not so that you may not enter into temptation. Now. Let's talk about that, because, see, this is interesting now. Jesus is praying to the father, right? And while you're praying to the father, he's saying that. Um, God, I don't think I can handle this. You see, Jesus was flesh. Jesus was man. But he was also spirit. Many of us here, men and women, you're flesh. But you're also spirit. So you had this. Jesus was literally showing some of his fleshly side, right? Jesus was like, I don't know about you guys, but if you knew what was coming to you, and you knew that the cup that you were about to take meaning death, that he's known for some time already, I'd be in agony myself. If I knew that I was about to drive down this road and a semi-truck was going to take me out, do you think I'd drive down that road? <laughs> but see, the father said, it's his will. See, sometimes our flesh, we don't want his will. Jesus said, his, Jesus even was, our, he, Jesus was like, oh, I can't do this. I, I'm thinking in the flesh. So sometimes we have that say, if Jesus is going to do it, what do you think I'm going to do? What do you think you're going to do? You're going to go to the same type of struggles. I can't do this. I remember the first time I said, the Lord called me to ministry, I said, because knowing my past and the people that I knew, I, I was like, nah. Literally, in my car one night, and Laura said, no, you got you, you, you to go through this. And this is a true testimony. One night, I drove to the hills. I said, uh-uh. I'm arguing with God. I said, no, I can't do this. I'm beating on my car. I stopped my car, and I'm just, just parked. And I'm beating. No, I can't go through this. But the Lord said, you got to go through it. It was a time in my life that all some stuff had to come out and some things had to come out. And the Lord said, you got to go through this. And I said, no. But then it said, it's not my will. It's not my will. It's God's will. It had to be done. And it was done. And it all came out fine and glory. Came out for the best because I'm standing here with you guys now. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, the flesh wanted something else. And this was Jesus talking. His flesh wanted something else. He knew what he was going to go through. And he knew that it was going to be painful. 
to the point that he was sweating blood. That's how bad the stress was. And they even tell you, scientists even tell you now, or doctors that tell you, that is possible. You can get so stressed that you can sweat blood, that the caps, what some, I don't know what they call, I'm not a doc, caps or what? Capillaries, yeah. I'm glad we got some medical people in here know that, but that those things will, those things will burst and it will start coming out. You can actually bleed sweat. So Jesus was highly stressed. And his flesh was like, whew, I can't take this. But then he said what? Nevertheless, not my will, but yours. That brings up a, a good question. But before I get to that question, I mean, we, we talked about last week, the three tribes or two and a half tribes. We're talking about the tribe of Reuben, Gad and, and, and Manasseh that 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 said, saw all that green pasture land out there because they were uh, herdsmen and they, 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 they were shepherds and they they kept to the flock. They said, we're going to we want to stay on this side of Jordan. But where were they supposed to go? Where was the promised land? It was on the other side. On the other side of Jordan, on the other side of the river. You see, I don't know about you, but sometimes I, I see this in like kids books and stuff like that. They have these castles and the castle is surrounded by this. What do you call that thing? I don't know. It's a what? A moat. Yeah. OK. Castles surrounded by a moat. It's water. That's all I know. It is. It's a king in between it. And, and, and that was put there for a purpose. It was put there for protection. And then you have the only way you can get across it, they bring a drawbridge down so you can cross that moat. <laughs> well, you see, that was God putting them under protection because, see, people were going to pursue them. But if you're on this side of that river, you could possibly get taken over because God says, I want you on this side. But they didn't want to go on that side. But they made a promise to do, continue to do it. See, the, so their flesh, their flesh says, oh, this looks good right here. Their flesh says, oh, wow, this is, this is nice. This is nice. I remember before we moved up, uh, before we moved up the hill, we had a good living down the hill, down, 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 down that way. And we said, uh, <laughs> moved up here. And my wife said, what are you doing to me? <laughs> Where we, this is desert up here. <laughs> it don't look good. It's all dry. <laughs> we came out of the green grass and we don't have no grass at our house. But God moved us up here for a purpose. You see, we're here. And this was 24 years ago, almost 25 years ago. And we had to say we moved. We lost a lot of our friends. But there was a purpose. So there was a purpose that God moved us up here. So there was a purpose. He was like, here is your land. So everybody has their land. That was the land that God had for us. That was our territory that God had for us. And we stepped into it. At the time, not knowing, but we stepped into it. And you see, John 4, 27 says it like this. 
Just then his disciples arrived. This is an HCSB version. So just then his disciples arrived and they were amazed that he was talking with the woman. Yet no one said, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Now, if you know that, that's the woman at the well. So the woman at the well did some great things after talking to Jesus. We know that because we went through that story. But the big question is, they, the disciples came back and no one asked. Nobody asked Jesus what he wanted. What, what were you doing? Nobody asked. Why are you talking to her? And the point of it is now, we just talked about the gifts that we want. The gifts that we want. The things that we want. But what does Jesus want? What does Jesus want? What does Jesus want for you? What does Jesus want for his people? What does Jesus want for his church? We don't think about that all the time, right? I'll be the first to admit, <laughs> I don't think about that all the time. I don't think about asking, okay, God, I wake up in the morning and say my prayers and say, Lord, I just want to have a wonderful, blessed day. Thank you for this day. It's a great day today. <laughs> I don't get out of my bed and say, okay, Jesus, what you want today? <laughs> I don't I don't do that. Sometime later on down the line, I'm, I'm working on something. I might say, OK, Jesus, what, is this, what do you want me to do with this? Or I remember some people used to come and say, man, man, I pray for me. I, I want this car. I want this big truck. Or I want something. I say, OK, what you going to do that for Jesus? What you, what you going to do with that? How's that? How's that going to help? What, what's Jesus going to do with it? See, we always think about what we're going to do with it. Go camping, go hiking, get to the mountains, you know. We always think about that. I learned something real quick is like in being in the business field is like we can get all the toys we want. All the toys we want. And we can go everywhere we want to go. But most of the time, you can only go about once or twice a year. <laughs> <laughs> and most of the time, no toys just sitting there. <laughs> but the things that Jesus gives us, we can use every day. We can use every day. In Mark 1, 23 through 28, it says it like this. Somebody eventually asked Jesus for something. Jesus then a man there in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit and cried out. What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus says, be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The impure, the impure spirit shook 
the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, what is this? A new teaching? And with authority, he even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. Now, this is a spirit coming to ask Jesus what he wants. <laughs> Why are you here? Why is Jesus here? Why did he come? We don't know unless we ask. We got to ask. So what should we be asking Jesus? What should we be asking Jesus? What does Jesus truly want? You see, he's done infinitely things, infinitely things for us. He gave us life. Now, the most thing I would say he done on that cross where he says, your sins are no more. Not your sins are no more past, present and future. I mean, so what more could we we ask for? But what does Jesus want? See, Jesus wants some things as well. And because he's done more for, my, for us than what we can realize, I think it's time to ask, what do we want? What does he want? I know as child at Christmas time, that's why I thought about the whole Christmas thing. All I could think about is like, man, you sit there and write a list of all the things we want. Sometimes that list is so long. But you know what? Jesus this is not truly super long. It's not truly super long. But Jesus wants something. And what he wants is his people. You see, he gave up life. He wants his people. He wants his church. You see, the church is in the people, the temple. The temple is your body. Jesus lives in your body. Each one of you are a church. But see, I'm sorry to say that, but right now his church is small. And I'm not talking about this in size and stuff like that. But see, God says, even Jesus said, I will build he told Paul and Peter, I will build my church upon this rock. See, Jesus is still building his church, but he needs rocks. Each and every one of us have to be a rock. A rock that God can smooth out. Now, if you guys were in one of the Jesus, uh, the, the Jesus groups, Jesus church groups, he talks about smoothing out the the edges and the points and the stuff. Let God do all that. We just have to come together. We just got to get the people in. We just got to talk to people. That's all. We got to let Jesus do all that. Let God, let him do all that. But see, he wants 
to develop his church. And to do that, he had to develop his people, smooth them out. And ultimately, he wants to make each one of us fishers of men. Now, I like going fishing for fish. <laughs> I do. I like go fishing. That's one of the things that I think one of my hobbies, I like go fishing. I think it's fun. My wife don't like lake fishing. She said it's boring. She likes to go out in the ocean where you get the, you know, going over the waves and stuff like that, but, and you catch bigger fish. <laughs> but, but if, I mean, how more exciting is it to catch people? To catch people, because it's all about that relationship. And then they catch people. You see, God is molding us. And when you get into your territory or where you get into your promised land, you could ask God, ask Jesus, what do you want now? You see, the Israelites got in their promised land. And if you're doing your daily reading, you know, they mess up many times. They got in that promised land and they said, oh, we got it all good. We got the land of milk and honey. I, I was just reading about Gideon and the 300, the 300 men went to battle. And it reminded me, I was like, of how great God is because there were first over 20,000. And God says, that's too many. I said, that's too many people to go to battle? <laughs> and the other people they were going against were over 120,000. And Jesus said, I got to do one of this down. <laughs> and Gideon said, okay, I'm listening to you. <laughs> Went to battle with 300 men. <laughs> but that was for the promised land. You can see, Gideon knew it was already promised. And Gideon knew because of his faith that if something was already promised, God was going to deliver it. I mean, they already got across the Jordan. And the poor people that wouldn't help Gideon out, oh, that's shame on them. Because if they would have helped them out, they would have still been alive. You see, we get in our promised land and we get all comfortable and think, hmm, I could just live. It's funny because I was in church last weekend and because I was doing youth, I said, man, I can't do really worship anymore, which is not true. But I came and sat down. I was like, I feel funny just sitting here in church. I sent a text. I sent a message to the to pastor and, and to the worship team. I said, can I come sing? <laughs> I said, I will do the study. But the thing is, is, is we we get comfortable. And we could just sit. But my spirit says, I don't feel comfortable just sitting in churches, just sitting here and listening to the word. I, I can't do that. I got to do something. You see, when you got that spirit in your mood, we got to do something in the promised land. God put us in the promised land for us to do something. And everybody has a different promised land. Some of your promised land can be at work. 
And you're there and you're talking to your, pe your people that work, you work with, your coworkers. Some of you guys promised land could be, oh, I just go to the store and then I start talking to people while I'm in the store. Wherever you go. Some of your promises land maybe in your own home, your own family. Some of your promised land is in the schools, your teachers, your counselors. Or some of your promised lands are maybe you go camping somewhere. That's a problem. God sent you over here to go camp or, or wherever you're at, but there's people there. But in that promised land, somebody needs to hear the word of God. You see, we got to plant seeds. We got to plant seeds. Whether you water the seeds, somebody else comes to water the seed, we have to plant seeds. Because every promised land is not for us to reap the harvest. We love to reap the harvest, but it's not our harvest. It's God's harvest. And he needs the workers to move it. So we got to think about that. You see, in Acts 2, 37 through 47, like some of my, like, I, just, I love these verses. I love these verses. He says, now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. Now, when they talk about heard this, it was, it was Peter speaking boldly because the Holy Spirit had come upon him and he was just, he's speaking boldly to, about Christ and the church and everything that was going on in, in Pentecost in that time. So he says, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized. Because see, the first thing we talked about, even surrendering, when we were talking about the song earlier, we got to give up. We got to repent. We got to turn around. So repent and be baptized. Every one of you. He did not. Hey, he said every one of you. He did not just say me. He didn't say just me. Every one of you repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. For the forgiveness of your sins. You see, we got to give something up. And I love to give up my sins. <laughs> I love I could, I could jump for joy on that one. Thank you, Lord, for all the stuff I did. It's gone. And I don't have to look back on it. Because when I look back on it, guess where I'm at? I'm turning the wrong way if you're looking. If you're driving, don't turn your head and keep looking over there. Because guess what? You're going to be floating somewhere else. That's why it says keep your eyes on the prize. I like Hebrews. It says keep your eyes on the prize. But he says... For the forgiveness of sin. And you will receive a gift. Didn't we talk about gifts earlier? You're going to receive a gift that keeps on what? Keeps on giving. And this gift of the Holy Spirit. You will receive a gift. 
Now, could how, if they didn't wait on it, they would have missed it. What would happen if they, they if, if Jesus told the disciples to wait here, right? Wait in his room. If I told all you guys right now to just wait here and I just left. Because that's what Jesus did. He told them to wait. Wait right here. For the gift. And guess what? They waited. But while they waited, what were they doing? They were praying. They were praying, looking for that gift. They were also, guess what? If, if Jesus said it, they knew it was going to happen. You see, that's what Jesus wanted. He wanted them to have that gift. He says to wait for the promise is for you and your children. You and your children. It's funny because I go visit some, my, my godmother is like 90 something years old. How old is she, like 91, 92, something? I forget. But she'll tell me a story and I never knew this, that I was baptized and she took me to be baptized really young and dedicated to, to God when I was like about two years old. She actually said she stole me from my mother and took me to go get dedicated. <laughs> but um, you see, there was a promise there, a promise that she wanted me to have. So there's a promise for you to have for your children and for your children's children, for your children's children's children. It doesn't just stay with you. We got to pass it on. It's that gift that keeps on giving. And for all who are far off, meaning we got people that are close to us, but there are people out there far off. They're far off. We're talking about people who don't know about the word of God. People that are wandering or even maybe walked away. All that are far off. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. He's calling everybody. But if he's calling everybody, we got to go out there and say, bring them in. Because sometimes there are people here who can't hear the word because they got so much surrounding them. We got to bring them in. You see, I, I'm not a construction worker. And these words just came to me. I'm not a construction worker. I don't know a thing about building a house. But guess what? I know how to build a, help build the house of Christ. I know how to build the house of Christ. I can't build me a house. I can help design it and dream about it. But I know I can build a house of Christ and all I got to do is just tell somebody. All I got to do is ch share my testimony with somebody. Tell them what God has done for me. I could build that house. I could, hit, I could build the house of Christ. I could be one of those stones. Because as long as I have a foundation of Christ, I can help build the church. And I'm not talking about this building. I'm talking about the church inside somebody's heart. A church in somebody's heart. Because I know when I walked away, but the Lord knew I'd be back. I didn't know, but the Lord knew I'd be back. And he set up so much stuff in place 
for when it was time for me to come back. He knew exactly when I'd be back. You know, I was telling somebody the story of why we came this morning, how we even got to this church. And we didn't even know that Pastor Jeff and Jim were the pastors here. And we knew them 20 something years ago before they had kids, right after they got married. And then when somebody said, meet the pastor, and we turned around and we saw them, me and my wife just laughed. <laughs> and I said, my exact words was, you're the pastor? <laughs> I was <laughs> saying that sarcastically, but I'm like, you're the pastor? <laughs> but uh, God brought us here. And he brought us here for a purpose. So guess what? Here's my promised land. Here's my promised land. And in your promised land, God didn't say it was going to be easy. <laughs> what, did, what did the Israelites have to do to possess that promised land? What did they have to do out there to possess that promised land? Anybody know? They had to battle. Thank you, John. They had to go to war. But guess what? We got to go to battle. We have got to go to battle. It says you got a promise for your children, your children and your children and your children's generations. We have got to go to battle. Because that which is in your promised land doesn't want you to have it. We got to drive out that what's, what's not good. Because if you don't drive it out, guess what it's going to do to you? You see, we got to empty it. We talked about the song says we got to surrender. We got to make room. So we got to make room in our promised land for what is the good. If we don't drive out the evil, we don't drive out the bad. We don't battle and fight for it. It just comes in. I used to do a thing about sin at, at, at these encounters we used to go to. And we used to use the country of India. I don't know if anybody's ever been to India but it is the most polluted country in the world. You think we have pollution here in California or in LA, really bad, but you go there, you can barely see. <laughs> it's the mist. Of... And see, that's what happens if you don't drive out what is bad. Because if you don't drive it out, it just comes in and sucks you up. You can't breathe. So we have to battle. But in that battle, God gives us what? The Holy Spirit who will fight for us. But to get that Holy Spirit, you have got to come and get, you have got to ask for, you got to remain in his church. You got to remain under his kingdom. You got to be obedient to his word. You got to come so you can be refilled with the Holy Spirit because I'm, a, I'm the first one to tell you, you can get tired. When, when Gideon was going through the battle, pursuing those in the land, and he had the 300 people in the army that was following him, and he asked those other groups, those two families, to help him to feed his, his 300 people because they were tired. But guess what? Because of God, had the spirit upon them to move. Those people, they, didn't, they still didn't, they didn't get help, but they still moved. 
See, we got to move in the spirit. We got to move when we don't want to move. We have to move when everything is comfortable for us. I'm a true believer says like this. When you're in a situation and my wife would tell people when you're in a situation and you keep saying, why does this keep going on over and over and over and over and over again? I'm going through the same thing over and over and over again. Not just once over and over again. When that happens to me, I turn to Jesus and say, OK, God, this is the one time I say, God, what do you want? I can guarantee you that I will go to Jesus right now in my prayer. I'll say, OK, Lord, I'm in this situation. I keep going through this. What do you want? Because there's something you got to learn from it. There's something you're getting there that God wants you to learn from it. And it ain't for yourself. It's to take on with you through your journey to help somebody else with it. You see, I've been through some things where that I call it experiential learning. Uh, I'm sorry, but sometimes you know, we didn't have bad kids for nothing. <laughs> we didn't have bad kids for nothing. Or we, we, we didn't have bad or, or we didn't have bad parents for nothing. There are some things and lessons that need to be learned from there. And we got to take that with us to battle into the land and use that to help that promised land, your promised land. So wherever your promised land is, take that with you. Because God is trying to tell you that what you have in that promised land, you're going to use it to help people in your promised land. It would be a whole lot easier in the workplace if we all could be focused on one thing. You see, all those tribes came together. All those tribes had one thing in common. And that was the promised land. You see, if we all come together, how strong would the church be if we all, if all the church could just come together and fight for the promised land? If we all here, right here, could come together and fight for the promised land. We can help each other fight for the promised land. Even the promised land, your promised land might be different from mine. But guess what those three tribes did? They had got their, they received their promised land already. But guess what? They came in to help the others get to their promised land. You see, call me up. I'm going to help you get to your promised land. Can I call you up, Marshall, so I can help you get to your promised land? See, that journey didn't end thousands of years ago when Israel took the land. It didn't end there. Guess what? We still got land to take. We still got land to take. Because the enemy coming in to take it faster than we can go in and take it. And if we don't move together and help each other take promised lands, we're losing it faster than what we can achieve it. But we got to work together. God said, let's work together to get to that promised land. Let's work together so we can help each of you 
get to your promised land. We have to do it together. Like I said, my promised land may not look like your promised land. Your promised land may not look like my promised land. However, in your promised land, you still have the same purpose. We still have that same purpose, same goals. And we got to help each one achieve those goals, those purposes. And we could do that together. You see, Gideon only needed 300. To start a church, two or three people. So we got to move and bring your people in. Because I don't know about you, but God still has promises. But we have to ask Christ, what does he want? Ask Christ, what does he want? What does he want for us in the promised land? You see, I can go back, but I don't want to take it all out of the whole context. But the Garden of Eden was God's original promised land. But we messed that up. But even though we messed it up and God took away that garden, he still told Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply. So he tells us today, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. And that means, you know, people say, go, go make babies. <laughs> I see the baby right there. <laughs> I was like, go make babies. <laughs> but guess what? Go make babies. But I'm talking about baby Christians. I'm talking about baby Christians. That's what we need to do. So that's why we start these Christian-based or church, home-based churches, because we want to bring in the people, bring them into the promised land. Bring them into the promised land so that nobody's missed. God does not want not one to perish, not one. But we have to go out there and do it. We have to move. We have to make baby Christians start feeding them milk first. <laughs> it's funny. I, I mean, no, this is not funny, but I heard the thing about the milk shortage and the, the formula shortage and stuff like that. But guess what? I think sometimes we have a formula shortage within ministries and within the church because we're not out there filling people with the word. I'm sorry to use that, but that's what came to me. We, we, we have a shortage. We need to go out there and build the church. And it starts with your promised land. It starts with you asking Christ, what do you want from me? And that's a challenge, I think, this week is to ask God, ask Christ, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? Here I'm at, I am. Am I in my promised land yet? Is this my promised land? If it's not your promised land, get ready to take steps into your promised land. 
I was out there coaching and somebody said, yeah, we had a great time, but you got to battle for it. We got to fight for this. We got to do this. And we say this. I think it was Leo the other day you said this. Not, not anything you were fighting for. This word fighting for has got to be great. That promised land was worth fighting for. Your promised land is worth fighting for. Somebody, you want peace in your family. You want joy in your family. You want prosperity in your family. Tell me that's not worth fighting for. Tell me that's not worth asking God, what do you want from me? Not what do I want from you? Because everything that he wants from me or I want has to be in line with what he wants. Because if it's not lined up, guess what? I'm just causing more, I guess, bruises to myself. And I mean bruises, not physical bruises, but I mean harder things. Because I sure wish I'd have done life differently than I know now than I did years ago. I wish I had a mentor talking to me 30 years ago. When I was in college, I wish I still had somebody talking to me before I walked away from the church, but I didn't have that. So if I had somebody come talk to me when I was going through stuff. One of the things I do when people say, can you pray for my, my brother over here? Uh, once somebody told me to pray for my uncle. He was literally on his deathbed. And I said, nope. That's kind of weird, huh? Tell somebody, no, I ain't going to pray for it. But I said, but what I will do is pray for God to send somebody to him so that he will get salvation. Because I couldn't do it, but I know somebody who can. God can. So, God, what do you want from me? We got to ask God, what do you want from me? And as we end services at this time, I'm going to be praying that. What does God want from each and every way that you would pray that God would tell you what you want. I used to teach youth a long time ago and we used to do this thing. And we used to, I used to say this thing about prayer and, 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 we, and we youth is kind of funny. It's like, don't say nothing if it sounds weird and, 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 and you hear this voice in your head. Don't think because <laughs> sometimes it'll happen. I told this guy one time he, he had just uh, gave his life to Christ. He says, uh, what do I do now? I said, just listen. And, and, and when you go to, when you go into the store, I said he would tell his story. And then he came back and actually told me the story. He goes, uh, yeah, I was going in the store. And uh, before the I don't know if you guys know, they used to have these little candy things, these bins with a whole bunch of candy. And, and, and you could just pick like candy. You're supposed to just scoop them up. But people go in there. They know they take a candy, they unwrap it and they eat it. <laughs> he said he used to do that a lot. But then he was walking through the store. And he went to do that and he started walking and his voice came and said, what are you doing? <laughs> the voice spoke said, what are you doing? And guess what he told me? He said he put the candy back. <laughs> you see, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. Because once you get baptized, you get salvation, you get saved, you get baptized, then you wait for the Holy Spirit. But see, we don't truly we can lay hands on you, the Holy Spirit. But you can ask the Holy Spirit. You can ask God for that Holy Spirit. 
You've been, you've been saved. You know Christ, who Christ is. You've been baptized. And now Jesus says, wait for the Holy Spirit. So there's going to come a time when the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and be in you. See, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon them. In the New Testament, the Holy Spirit comes in you and fills you. It fills you with power to do things that you wouldn't think you could ever do. To talk boldly to people you would never think you could talk to. And you'd be like, wow. To go reach somebody you didn't think you could ever reach. My thing was, I thought I would never reach people because I would never talk to people with a whole bunch of tattoos. That's this is an honest story. My wife would tell you, I would not talk. You was not going to step. I wouldn't. Mm -mm. I thought they were bad people. But when I tell you about experiential learning, what did God do? I'm walking through a gas station one day and this guy comes up to me. He said, hey, you play football. I said, huh? He said, you look like you play football. I said, man, I'm 40 something years old. I don't play football no more. I can't move. My knees are not the same. I can't. I love the game, but I don't play football. Me and that guy became the best of friends. And guess what he was? He was all tattooed up. <laughs> he was a tattoo artist. <laughs> you see, God moves. And guess what? I was able to lead him and his family through salvation. You see, God works. I would have never talked to that person. Trust me. <laughs> but guess what? God has gave me the, I can look at people sometimes. God gave me the, 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 the spirit to look at people in tattoos and almost read their stories. But see, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the power that the Holy Spirit gives me. That's not something I do by myself. So the Holy Spirit comes upon me. The Holy Spirit is in me. So we got to have the Holy Spirit. So each one of you throughout, just ask the Holy Spirit to come upon you. We can lay hands on you. I can pray for you. We're going to pray. I'm going to pray that the Spirit comes upon you that comes in you and through you and, we, and to help you speak bold to family, to friends, to help you fight, to have the power to fight for your promised land. And it starts in yourself first. You see, for some people, the promised land is their own heart. And you got to fight for that. Then once you fight for that, then you'd be like, whoa, I'm ready to go to battle. Because see, even those of you guys, I know there's people that have been in the military here, and I have friends who, who were in the Marines, and they tell me the first thing they do to them is like, break them down. <laughs> they break them down, and then they build them back up to a whole new person. <laughs> person, you'd be like, wow, who's that person that went away to the military, and now you're coming back, they're a different person. They used to walk like this, now they walk like this. Because they become stronger. And that's what the Holy Spirit is going to do. Going to help you stronger for yourself. Build you up. And then what you could do for the church. That's what the Holy Spirit is going to do. Give you the power. Give you the structure. Give you the power. And I, I, it doesn't matter how old you are. Because guess what? The Holy Spirit don't have no age. Doesn't matter. Holy Spirit doesn't have no age, but the Holy Spirit has power. The same spirit that's in me 
can be in our grandson. Is in our grandson, as a matter of fact, because he's saved. He's been baptized. And trust me, he speaks power sometimes. Listen to so many kids because they tell you the truth sometimes. But we're going to break down. We just want to stand up and we're going to pray this out. Um, Elisa here? Where's Elisa? She here? Oh, Bill. But we want to definitely talk about the spirit and bring the spirit into our lives. Because you see, they waited. Jesus said to wait. For the promise of the spirit is to come. And if you believe what Jesus is saying, as the disciples did, you will receive the spirit. So as we pray at this time, you know, I may be praying for the spirit, but you also pray for the spirit to come upon you, to come in you and dwell within you to build your strength. Because you have to believe as well. Believe what the Spirit can do for you and can grow you. And then when it grows you, it's growing your family. Then you come back and testify and say, what has God done for you and your family and the people around you. You see, because of the Spirit, we are able to change the atmosphere. And not just around you, we are able to change the atmosphere throughout this high desert, through Hesperia, through Victorville, through Apple Valley, through Adelanto. We are able to change the atmosphere because I don't know about you but I'm ready to go to battle I'm ready to take the promised land that God has says is mine I'm willing to help you get to the promised land and take the promised land that God has for you right now we pray that will have the strength and the power to help take the promised land. And if you're already in your promised land, don't just stay there. Go help somebody else take the promised land. So Father, we thank you, Lord. For Father, you gave us a gift of your son you gave us a gift that keeps on giving. A gift that's already taken everything that we could ever think of past, present, and future that does not align with you and takes it and throws it away. The Bible says that as far as the east and west, as deep as the ocean, the sins are no more. And we thank Jesus that God no longer sees our sin. And Jesus says, Lord, thank you, Father God, for us to wait 
as we come together and not forsake meeting with one another. So Lord, we wait for the Spirit, for the promise, O oh Lord, for the promise of your Spirit, O oh God. Let your spirit rain down, O oh Father God, because this is your kingdom, O oh Lord. So Father, as you begin to build your church, O oh Father God, take this rock in myself, take this rock in each individual, Father God. Let's break off and smooth off the rough edges, O oh Lord. And put the Holy Spirit in between each crevice, O oh Father God, of the person next to me, the rock that's standing next to me to build your church, O oh Father God. Let the Spirit, Father God, in each one of them, Father. Let what you give them. Lord, you don't just give me everything, Father God. You give each and every one of us a piece of knowledge, of wisdom, a different promised land. But Father God, I pray right now that your Spirit would put each promised land together like a puzzle. And in between those pieces, Father God, that you fill it with your spirit, O oh Lord. A bond, O oh Lord, of the spirit because of the power cannot be broken, O oh Lord. That the enemy cannot come in and possess this land, O oh Lord. Because we are so bonded together by your word. Father, fill this place, O oh God. Spirit, come, Jesus. Spirit, come, O oh Lord. Raise up, O oh Lord, a people, Father God. Like you did for the army of Gideon, Father God. You rose up a small army who took territory for territory, Father God. For one will strike down tens of thousands, Father God. For you, Lord. But the Spirit, it is not by what we do, not by our might, O oh God, but by the Spirit of the Lord. Lord, fill this place, O oh God. Fill the Spirit of your people, O oh Lord. Come and embrace them, O oh God, as we open up our bodies. Open up our minds. Open up our hearts right now in the name of Jesus. of the Spirit, O oh Lord. Powerful prayer, O oh Lord, that we can cry out in a heavenly language, O oh Lord, that will uplift the body of the church, O oh God. Lift each and every one of us, O oh Lord. For you are the God. 
the Spirit is all presence of God. It's omnipotent. It's all powerful. Jesus, we rise up to you, Lord Jesus. And Father, we give you all the glory. Lord, we praise you, God. We thank you, O oh God, right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we listen to you, God. In the name of Jesus, we bow down. We call upon your spirit to break right now those bondages, oh Lord. We call upon your spirit, oh God, so we may mount up, oh God, so when we are tired, we may mount up, oh Lord, on wings of eagles, oh God, and that we may soar even in the midst of the storms, oh Lord. Mold us, O oh God, for you made us out of clay. Mold us, O oh Spirit, Lord Jesus. And Father, we thank you right now. We give you all the glory and the praise and honor in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I just want to give a cloud of a shout out right now to the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You can be seated. Thank you, Lord. You can get the lights. Thank you, Lord. Ooh, I just want to just stay in that mode, but whoo wee. I'm hot. Ooh, thank you, Lord. I could just say, whoo, man. Well, we thank you. Oh, just for the drive. Well, the Spirit is powerful. But don't forget about your promised land. Don't forget about asking Jesus what he wants for you and your promised land. I'm praying that God will give you joy in your promised land. See, you can't get rest until... Man, I'm still preaching. Thank you. <laughs> but you can't get rest until you fight for the battle. You see, Gideon's army couldn't get rest because nobody wouldn't help. But then they got all the spoil they took back with them. And they were able to go back home and they got rest. You see... When you're done with that battle, you get your rest. But I know one thing, the promised land I'm looking for is to be home with the Father. So I honestly think me, I'm not gonna have much rest on this earth <laughs> because I know there's more territory, more promised land to take. And I pray that you guys join with me and get your other people join with you, your family, the friends, the people out there you come in contact with. And I just want
just want to end it by saying just strength strength and power in the name of Jesus strength and power in the Holy Spirit you know I, I, sometimes you ever get this power mode where you just think you can just lift up everything and I just want to lift up everything but sometimes <laughs> lift up everybody but guess what? I don't care if I had the money of Bill Gates. I still can't lift up everybody. Not unless somebody else joins in and helps out. So we all got to join in and help out. So I just pray a blessing upon you guys. May the Lord bless you guys and keep you and strengthen you. And he will shine his face upon each and every one of you guys as you go through your week. <laughs>